Here we go. Believe it or not, January is gone, but it's another Friday and it's time for Nudge Coach Happy Hour over coffee. How's it going, Mac? Good. And we're still, we're not quite at the, I mean, we've got, we've got a couple days left. Let's give January a little bit of credit. Has some time to turn around. Yep. I, I suppose that's fair. Um, you know, my head's down. A lot of us on, on the Nudge team have our heads down so deep in the weeds right now really the sprint to the finish line, getting this uh, product update out and ready for everybody um, and all the supporting materials we're trying to put together. Um, it's a lot of hustle. So I'm just like, I pretty much wiped the last couple of days of January off my own calendar because I'll just be recording videos and writing content. Just, it's guys. gone. Bloop. Yeah. January's gone. January's gone. Um, well, even with all that, it's been an interesting week. Um, I, I think it was this week that your uh, blog post for Bear Metrics went up, wasn't it? Yep. I think it was Monday, Monday or Tuesday. Yeah. I can't remember at this point, but yep. So the we, we kind of touched on it a little bit over the past couple of weeks, and I can't remember if it was last Friday or the Friday before. We kind of teased on some of the things we had gone through with Nudge in 2020, and I had actually written a what I'll call an incredibly long blog post on the story of 2020 in how we reduced our churn by over 70%. And it was an epic journey. I try to detail it all because if anyone out there is managing a subscription business of any kind, you probably are struggling with churn one way or the other. And we try to document as much as we could, everything we did, the different strategies, the stages. So definitely check out that blog post if it's something you're you're struggling with. Hopefully there's something helpful in there. So we document it. Our friends at Barometrics posted it for us. So that's up on their blog at this point. And then I think you'll, you'll probably see it around on different social media posts and stuff like that. Yep. So bare metrics, you can just go to their blog. At least if you go quickly after hearing this, it'll be the first thing on there. We'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> of course they're pushing out other content yeah. too. Yeah. Um, but if not, um, it's about churn. I'm sure you can find it pretty quickly there. It's I think in the founder's journey section of their blog. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. if you're hearing this right now, um, pop over there and it's the top thing. <laughs> yeah, I, and I think what's why this is so relevant too, and I, I think churn is probably, you know, most coaches I think over the past five, 10 years typically have been have been using pretty traditional models. And I think why this is so relevant now is you're just seeing a lot of coaches rolling very scalable membership-based offerings, whether it's um, something where they're just giving them, ex- you know, access to like exclusive content or webinars or I think even now with the movement of platforms like Patreon and where maybe you're doing, you know, podcasting and people are kind of subscribing to your podcast and actually paying you money. You know, if, if once customers come in, you're going to have customers going out and keeping an eye on that, understanding how to, how to retain as many people for as long as you can. Um, there are a lot of different strategies about that. And some, you need to think a little bit more. It's, it's probably not as big of a deal as you're working with people one-to-one. It's a lot easier to kind of retain, but different different game completely so hopefully this will kind of give you some good ideas and and show you some places to maybe start yep absolutely and with that i think we want to you know dive into some of the things that you can do to kind of set yourself up for scale today um and you know also kind of i would say signs that you're ready to start thinking about um you know what those next steps are in your business ready to start thinking about growth mode scale mode um, mm-hmm. I think we could paint a little bit of a picture here just because, you know, 
it's it's in the back of everyone's mind i know to some extent um mm-hmm. i was playing around with like names for um subsequent like mastermind courses that we want to put together in 2021 as we kind of expand the education side of our our business and i keep circling back to uh the phrasing scale yourself um just because i think so many people mm-hmm. like that seems to resonate with so many of the coaches and and smaller businesses that we talk to as people trying to you know, leverage as much as they can in terms of tools, resources, whatever, to figure out how they can create more impact with what they're doing um, and and scale themselves a little bit. So um, I think that's going to be the theme today. So there's a lot of stuff we can jump into for sure. And part of the reason this comes up is because another one of our partners, so Growth Tools, we did a webinar with them yesterday. Again, yeah, I was going to say, this should there. be top of mind. I think you've got some great content here. You you literally have been sitting on. Yeah, you know, I just like to keep things undercover until we roll them out somewhere. Might as well be the podcast, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, we, we went through basically how to set yourself up for scale. And I think the what we can add today is kind of some thoughts, kick around some ideas for when you're ready to go into that mode. Um, I know for sure, you know, some of the funnier conversations we have are around like when people are really just getting started and don't really have any clients yet. And they're really pushing back on some of the feedback we give them about, well, you know, I really need to get my systems set up so that I can scale this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, our comments in a nice way are like, well, scale what exactly (laughs) is the question. Yep. Yep. Um, So there's the upfront word of caution. Um, If you haven't worked with any clients yet in the particular program that you're putting together, um, do things that don't scale first, as one Matt Gamble would would say. And that's a famous expression that comes from God knows somewhere. Um, I got to look it up. I fall back back on that statement. There's like three different mantras and that's one of them. And I love it. And I think it's so true because if you haven't gone through it yourself and really understood all the details to it, it's really difficult to scale it. Yeah. So that's a more creative mantra than eat your veggies, which is one that I'm working on right now. How is it, how's that one going? Great. It was my mom's birthday yesterday and she, um, so she just turned 74. Um, Happy birthday. We had a long conversation uh, over text and then um, had a FaceTime call and she was like, well, I'm officially like more than old enough to be a grandmother. So I'm going to start saying things to you over and over again, like eat your veggies. if that's okay." <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I guess, you know, you earned that right. There you go. Um, good for you. So anyway, that's, there was a tangent for you. Totally thought you were talking about to your own child. Didn't realize this was between <laughs> you and your mom. So that's fantastic. The mantras, we can we should do an episode just about the mantras we live by. So great idea. Tune in next week. Mantra session. <laughs> but so so curious though, as we jump into that webinar you did yesterday. So this was one to the growth tools audience about primarily it sounded like um you had kind of a couple key areas of focus, but setting up your service for scale was kind of the first kind of segment of it. Yep. So setting up your services for scale and really for us, you know, what we've learned over the, um, you know, the last, I would say six months or so as we started to ramp towards um, building out kind of the, the program builder into the platform and thinking deeply about helping people define their programs is that, um, it's really important to kind of reframe and start imagining kind of your programs, your offerings, mm-hmm. uh, your services 
kind of from a, a prospect's perspective as they're going through um, trying to identify who they want to work with or how they want to get to their goals. Um, and in reality, as much as you may not want to hear it as a coach sometimes who is, you know, really focused on personalized coaching, personalizing the experience and all that from the client's and prospects perspective, a lot of times what really helps them gain confidence and understand what they're, what they're buying and what they're getting is to, is for you to be really good at at what I call productizing your program. And that's just defining it with extreme clarity and really starting to think about it a little bit, like it's a product on a shelf that's facing out to a client and they're trying to pick kind of the outcomes they want and how they want to get there. Um, That's a lot more, um, kind of relatable and easier to digest for someone who's really feeling like, Hey, I've done this whole, you know, Mm -hmm. it's the health thing. I've done this whole dieting thing. I think I need some help with this, but what they know is I have this outcome. I want to get to, I want to see some steps that give me some confidence that, you know, this person is the person to guide me there. Um, not, I, I don't want to, I'm not going to buy personalized coaching. No one's out there, you know, really Mm -hmm. hunting for at least if, if it's happening, it's not happening much. No one's on the hunt for personalized coaching. So someone's on the hunt for, you know, losing 10 pounds or, um, you know, reducing stress or managing anxiety in their life or like, you know, all these outcomes that they want for a better life, they want to grow somehow. Um, and you know, as much as it makes sense to, to do personalized coaching, that's maybe not the message you need to lead with to draw them in. That's kind of like someone out there just trying to sell consulting. I mean, that's it's a great it, example. Great it example. sounds so trivial, but it, I think it's one of those things where, and I still see a lot of coaches fall victim of this, that they're just kind of, you know, to your point, selling personalized coaching. Well, that can mean 150 different things. So I think the way you kind of defined productizing a service, and, and, and to be fair, I think it's a really difficult thing to do. I think it's so yes. easy to say yes to certain things. I mean, I always joke that, you know, it's, it, you know, you start by offering a service and, and then at the end of the day, you, you take a step back and you're like, wait, why am I picking up this person's dry cleaning? How did I get here? <laughs> so it's, it's so easy to kind of keep saying yes to things and just being charging forward because it's a service-based business. But I think um, the way you define it in terms of kind of extreme clarity, it's definitely the first step. And I think most of the coaches we work with, I'd say, get you, you definitely see these natural stages of their business. And you do see when they finally kind of get to that point um, where they, they really understand their offering. We, I, I feel like once that happens, you start, you know, they start growing, start getting some clients. Then they start getting to the point of like, okay, efficiency is really something I need to start thinking about. And that's when the whole idea of, I think once you've worked with some clients, you kind of get, get the swing of it. Um, productizing becomes such a key focus that mm-hmm. it, it something you have to, like I said, do things that don't scope at the beginning, but I think pretty quickly you have to start thinking about where it goes. Yeah. And it's, it, this actually the same process um, does more than just kind of the ability to package it and put it on a website in a way that's going to mm-hmm. convert more people for that, whatever free consult that is going to be the call to action or um, a challenge of some kind or whatever, whatever you got, that's kind of getting people to the next step. Um, being able to, to frame things in a productized way and package it in the right way on a website is, is one thing extremely important. It can help you scale because you'll have a higher conversion rate. But the process of going through and figuring out what those bullet points are and finding extreme clarity in what that offering is. So you can have kind of the name of the program, which 
probably suggest to some extent the outcome that your clients are really desiring. Um, the bullet points kind of, if you imagine kind of a box on a website, um, the bullet points of what comes with that package become kind of the little milestones along the way, the little breakthroughs and aha moments along mm -hmm. the journey that you expect the client to have on their way to getting that outcome. And what going through these exercises, and I'll give you a couple of examples in a minute, um, does is not just help you package it and frame it that way, but it helps you start to think about, hey, these are the key milestones that I absolutely have to get people to in order to get them to that outcome. Now I've identified the kind of flags along the way, uh, the milestones. Now, how do I develop my content that I can deliver consistently that's going to help them guide, help guide them to those breakthroughs and aha moments and, and successes mm -hmm. along the way that they need to get to. And so you start to figure out what you can standardize uh, during your client's journey with you um, because you're always going to have, right, the, especially if you're doing one-on-one -on -one stuff, the personalized aspect of it. You're always going to have the coaching. Um, the question is how much um, of the supporting resources can you standardize and plan out exactly when you're going to del deliver them during the roadmap? Um, and that's where scale starts to become possible from a programmatic perspective on the program side. Yeah, I think you outlined this a few weeks ago, but I think this comes back to the whole idea of being able to work backwards. And I think if you have kind of that destination ahead or kind of where you're trying to be, um, makes those bullet points, I think, far more far, kind of more seamless. And, and then the content that supports them, the milestones, to your point. And I think you had a really interesting example in your presentation from the Growth Tools deck that I definitely wanted you to touch on, which is maybe what you're alluding to. You kind of touch on that comparison and you actually had kind of two pricing boxes like you would see on a website and you were kind of prompting which one would convert the whole idea of kind of this one, you know, this, this very broad um, personalized coaching versus um, the example you were using was imagine living in Zen was the name of the, of the title. But I really liked this because I thought it was for one, it, it was, it allowed you cause you had a core focus to it. You could package it you could define a price to it. You could define the milestones to it. I don't know if you want to unpack a little bit of that. Yeah. And we may even have to share a link to this uh, slide deck in the show notes, I guess, to paint this picture fully. But um, the point of the, the slide as we were going through the presentation was to put side by side kind of an offering as you might see it on a coach's website, who's just talking about that they do personalized mm -hmm. coaching. And, and this is all within the realm of basically coaching people who are stressed and anxious. Yeah. Um, and then an, an example of how an offering could be framed on the right side next to it um, that is gone through the process of quote productizing it. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and looking at them side by side, I think, I think it, the difference becomes very stark and you start to understand very quickly, just intuitively why one converts way better than the other. Yep. Um, but someone who's just talking about that they do personalized coaching may have a headline that just says something like stress coaching. Right. Um, it may say, you know, I'm a personalized stress coach offering one-on-one -on -one coaching services customized to fit you where you are. Hey, that's great. All good coaching terminology mm -hmm. in our sessions. I'll apply my years of expertise, navigating and de-escalating personal stress to help you reach your stress management goals. I know you've heard that language or read that language on a thousand. 80% websites. of websites have that of, of, <laughs> of coaches I talk to, I'd say. <laughs> right. Right. And you know, if I'm someone who's like, really kind of bogged down and anxious and struggling and looking for help with this. I read that and I'm like, Oh good. You're an expert. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now what do I do with it? 
um, like, what do I get? <laughs> you know, I think, I think I would encourage anyone to think about any software you've purchased recently. Cause I think software companies typically package offerings, software as a service offerings um, in, in really helpful ways that I, I think you can kind of take a page from that playbook. And that's kind of the fl- slide we're referring to is kind of those, those pricing squares almost that you would see on one of those websites. And uh, I guess in, in comparison here, walk us through kind of how you've, how you took the same offering and you, you maybe productized it a little bit. Okay. So really quickly, the three exercises I recommend to getting to this point, by mm-hmm. the way, right. just literally write down your ideal client, getting to their ideal outcome in story mm-hmm. form. Like, Hey, I met Steve. He's a 45 year old guy who's super stressed out. The sales where he works in sales. He's got yeah. kids, you know, write down that whole story, how he starts working with you and all the things that happen along the road to him getting his ideal outcome. You'll end up highlighting some of these things that are like the little exciting steps along the way, the breakthroughs along the way that become the bullet points for this. Mm -hmm. uh, When I read it in a second, the other one you already alluded to working backwards. So you now know that outcome, right? Because you thought through it and wrote this story, write the outcome. Okay. What do they have to unlock in order to unlock you know the outcome okay they have to do that first okay in order to get to that point what do they have to do first and then you get kind of a little even more clarity on your milestones and then the last exercise is basically say everything went terribly client had an awful experience describe why it went sideways Um, and that's to kind of fill in gaps and make sure that you have a plan for when you know life happens and things get complicated when you're working with your clients so those are the three exercises but what that got to in this example was basically the headline is imagine living in Zen, um, which is, you know, that's what I want. I want to feel like de-stressed all mm-hmm. the time. That's the outcome I want. Right. So that's right into the name. Um, I'm telling them to imagine it, by the way, for some reason, reading the word imagine makes you actually do it. I don't know why. Um, yeah. That, that is really <laughs> it's a fun fact for the call. I, I had actually never thought about that, but as soon as you said, it, I was like, wow, I'm absolutely imagining that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I actually have a price point on here. Um, so it says a thousand dollars. The point was you can put a major price tag on there, not freak out about it. Um, because you're outlining the outcome. It's like the person just starts to have a conversation with mm-hmm. himself. Is it worth that much money for me to get this life that I want? Um, so Imagine living in Zen, 12 weeks of guided self-discovery. So I'm telling how long it is specific. Understand your stressors. That's, you know, kind of a first step. Overcome anxiety spirals. Master tools to deal with uncertainty. Tackle challenges confidently. Live without ever feeling overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. So I'm basically telling a story in bullet points of all the kind of breakthroughs that someone is going to have along that journey with me. And you know, your call to action at the bottom, start with a free consult, whatever that's going to be. Yeah, it really does remind me of, like I said, a pricing page you'd see for for software, where you've kind of got maybe even different tiers. And this one, you've got the imagine living in Zen, you've got, you know, the price point, you've got the call to action, and you've got, you know, the bullet points for for this specific tier versus maybe other ones or different offerings you have. And I think it really does just help put the guardrails in place for one, in a way that's going to protect your time, which is always nice, but also two, to your point, I, as a prospect now seeing this, have a much better understanding of what I'd be signing up for. And I, I really just would challenge anyone 
to take a step back, look at your website and just think through what a person may be thinking when they're reading through your pricing or your offering, because I think sometimes it may seem obvious to us and you, you know, we're all so down in the weeds sometimes in our business that we forget that, Hey, um, they're, they're outside perception in terms of what, how, it, how it's being received by someone on the other end. So I think it's something like this just really helps a person understand what they're signing up for. Cause what you don't want is a person to sign up thinking one thing and then realizing, Whoa, this is way more than I, than I thought I was getting into and then flake out on you. So protects both of your time and, and resources. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so those, and those exercises, by the way, this, although like they're, you know, they've been presented by different people over the years and packaged in different ways. For example, the, like, imagine everything goes sideways is something that is in Atomic Habits, uh, James Clear's book. And he calls it a, a, what does he call it? What is it? It's a failure pre-mortem. That's what he calls oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We touched on Sorry that. We touched that. on the pre-mortem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Failure pre-mortem. So fancy naming to it. But if you really take a step back, all that's happening here is basically the Socratic method, right? You're arguing if everything goes right. You're arguing if everything goes wrong. It's just two mm-hmm. sides of an argument. Um, so I would say this this style has been effective since Socrates. So it's probably <laughs> worth paying attention to. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, but all right. So, I mean, I think that's kind of the program side is the first phase, first area to focus. You can also kind of do things to set up um, your general model um, for scale. Like you kind of, you set up your program, you got that nailed down. You can deliver it to more people more efficiently because you've mapped it out in detail, um, identified those kind of key pieces of content that you can deliver more consistently and systematically throughout the process. So those take you far mm-hmm. less time. Um, you can spend more time on your coaching and start thinking about how your model scales. So, yeah. And I, I really liked this next session, next, next section, excuse me, of the presentation, because this is where you kind of pulled it into now that you've got this nicely packaged offering, what you can do to kind of maximize your lifetime value with it. Yeah. And lifetime value, we've talked about quite a bit. You'll definitely get a, a heavy dose of lifetime value, probably in that post, if you read Max post, um, talking about churn and what the preventing churn just basically translates. All kinds of funny value. terms you, you probably don't hear every day in that post for sure. <laughs> so lifetime value is the, the amount you can expect to earn from a client over the entire course of a relationship, right? Yep. Um, so if I sign up a client for a hundred dollars a month and they stay with me for 10 months. That's a thousand dollars in lifetime value. Easy math. Um, good to use round numbers when you can. Um, but so we jumped into scaling models and what's interesting about this. And I called this section because I didn't want to go into too much detail on mm-hmm. it in this particular webinar because I only had limited time and I dug a little deeper on the program stuff. Um, but I just wanted to present this one kind of stupid, simple concept that we run into a surprising amount, even though everybody kind of knows it intuitively, they don't necessarily take action on it. And it's the idea of, of basically what I call program stacking. And I call it program stacking because when you look at a bar graph of your revenue after you implement it, um, it's a stacked uh, oh, yeah, bar yeah, graph, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so you can imagine like your revenue from one program stacked on top of your so revenue. This is a coined term. This is a built bean term. Yeah. The TM gotcha. or probably SM at this point, maybe we need the TM later. Yeah. Uh, but 
the point is that we work with a lot of coaches who either have kind of a high ticket primary offering. That's like their flagship. It's just what they do. And they're just like, this is what I do. I do this coaching. This is my program. Um, and it's, you know, the example in here is this, a you know, 12 week program, a thousand dollars, right. Um, for this living in Zen mm -hmm. program. Um, and that's what you do. And that's great. And the price point is awesome on that, right? You get a, a minimum lifetime value of a client signing up for that is a thousand dollars. That's great news. Um, but bad news from a scaling perspective is that the maximum lifetime value on a client is a thousand dollars. So you've really set a hard cap on how far you can go with that, given your limited time and resources. Um, so it's a great place to start, but you know, it's inherently limiting. It's, it's, you know, you only have so much time, you only have so much money, you only have so much resources. So um, how can we maximize that? So yeah. talk to a lot of, a lot of folks who are just kind of there, they, they have their primary offering, they do it well, that's great. And they may be asking us about how they scale. And, you know, we take a step back and we say, I got an idea for you. Meet this other guy who we talked to, who has similar problem from the opposite perspective. So we also run into a lot of people that have a kind of a lower cost offering and they're just like, that's what I do. Um, it's more like a membership program where, you know, maybe $50 a month, maybe even be less than that for easy numbers. I'm going to say it's a hundred dollars a month. Um, it's just my Zen membership. You get like one live group training per week, um, access to all our resources, you know, these types of offerings, mm -hmm. right? But it's a monthly recurring offering. So um, hundred dollars a month, the great news here from a scaling perspective is that the maximum lifetime value on a recurring model is unlimited. If you can keep that person interested, right? Mm -hmm. um, you could keep them forever and just keep pinging them for a hundred dollars a month and it keeps growing and growing and growing, right? Bad news is the minimum lifetime value is only a hundred dollars. If someone signs up and just isn't getting it and doesn't want to be around or even and just you will like, get those people you will yeah. absolutely get those people and just has the tiniest hint of a bad experience up front that might not even be your fault maybe there's a tech issue and they miss an email or something mm -hmm. um they might just bail on you and you only get a hundred dollars out of that client that you probably spent a, a shocking amount of time and money to sign that client up when you really break down the numbers yeah i i think it's interesting because i feel like a lot of coaches get started and they've got this kind of to your, to your example, it's a, an initial offering. It's say it's 12 weeks or six months, whatever it is. And they kind of, they, I hear the mantra a lot of like working myself out of a job. And I, I appreciate what they're, I appreciate in terms of the, the thought of like helping a client get to their miles, you know, get certain outcomes and their goals and, and stuff like that. From a business owner perspective, that always makes me nervous when I hear that. Cause it's like, okay, there's going to be a lifetime value problem at some point. And I think, it's, I've started seeing a shift now and starting to see a trend and we hadn't really touched on this too much of even if you're using say blocked programming where it's three months or six months, whatever it is, the ability for a person to kind of renew or kind of go through the cycle again. So making sure you're structuring it in a way where at the end, there is a bit of a, Hey, do you want to go through the cycle again? And there is a way for a person to continue to get value out of it it's not so defined from a standpoint where you can only go through it once to see value. You can't go through it again. 
So something just to be thinking about. So I, I love the way you kind of you kind of framed it is just making sure you're kind of, like I said, kind of have the cycles in there where a person can either go through that again, or you do have the follow up. And I've I've even started seeing businesses that are have multiple offerings and actually numbering them. Say, hey, this is the number one. Like this is where you get started. And they're thinking about like a client journey. Yeah. And not everyone's going to go from offering one to offering two and offering two to offering three, but you you're opening the door to a greater lifetime value, making it easier for a person just to say yes, to continue the journey. Cause I think that's what it is. I think at the end of the day, clients want a great experience. And I think that isn't just great feedback and input from a coach. I think it entails a lot of different things, the content, the way the content shared, the relationships, the community. Um, and if you can, I think have your plans map out in a way that makes it very logical for a client to keep saying, yes, you're going to see, incredible potential from a lifetime value perspective. Um, so that's where the membership kind of comes into. I think what, one thing with memberships too, sometimes we kind of get that question. I know you get it too. Hey, is this something that's kind of a lead in to my premium offering? Or is this something that's a follow-up? I tend to always point people in the direction of making it a follow-up because I think it's so much easier to keep people in those if they already have a relationship with you versus vice versa, if you bring them in through a membership where you're still kind of building up trust and rapport, um, not really strong of a relationship yet, much easier for them to bail. Um, I don't think you're going to quite get the lifetime value from that. Yeah. I think that's such a great point. And it's, it's inevitable that that's one of the first questions. In fact, it was the very first question that came in. Uh, oh, no way. Audience yesterday. Um, so I'm glad you mentioned it. Um, and yeah, I talked through it a little bit and said exactly the same thing you did there. If you think about it, if you have this kind of, if you have that, the higher, more direct, higher value, more direct relationship building offer first, then, you know, you just have a deeper connection with that person before they're making the decision of how long they're staying with you. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, you hit it. The program stacking is just basically taking advantage of the fact that, you know, if you've done your job, right, these people like the fact that they have you they love that they've had a good experience and we've even talked to coaches who are like yeah my clients leave me and they're like man i wish i could just stick with you and you know <laughs> and yeah. there's actually not a follow-up there you know to to keep them on and there just always should be um so this is another term for this is a continuity offering yeah. um basically continuing the relationship at a lighter level so for the first guy we went through with that high price offering just add a membership to the back end of that. And you can naturally at the end of the relationship, Hey, I know you had a great experience. Um, I hope you did at least, you know, if you'd like to stick around and kind of make sure we keep the results you got, why don't you stick around in our accountability program or our maintenance program yep. or whatever you want to call it um, at a lower price point. Um, you'll still have access to me and I'll, you know, we'll just ping you a lighter number every month um, for the subscription and you'll keep access to all the resources. So you don't, mm -hmm. slip, you don't slip. In the key for, for membership, like as we've touched on that, that's where productizing, productizing your service is so critical because that's where your business can absolutely go sideways. Yep. If you were doing something that like, it requires any type of one-to-one -one interaction, it's going to go south quickly. Um, yep. You really have to think about scalability, scalable content, webinars that people can call into social forums that you can kind of communicate with masses, um, recurring, you know, scalable content delivery, things like that. Um, yeah. just so. say to yourself, one to many, one to many, one, one to many, many. many. try to avoid, one. you know, as much of 
one-to-one interaction as you possibly can, mm-hmm. at least within, you know, the confines of that membership model, at least don't set your up yourself up for it on purpose. Um, it's fine to, you know, follow up and make sure clients are having a good experience, but, um, don't, don't sign yourself up for something that you can't actually deliver on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think too, cause once you get it to that point, that is where, if you take a step back, that's, that's where you have the opportunity to start. I think you, you've got options at that point. You've got flexibility. If you get to the point you've, you know, flash forward a couple of years, you've put hundreds of people through your program. You've got a portion of those people sticking around in a membership. So you've got that recurring revenue coming in. Um, you really, you know, you kind of remove some of the stress and anxiety that comes with starting a business and kind of getting early revenue in, early cash in. And at that point, you can start taking a step back. You can package things nicely. I think you can kind of win back some of your time. Um, at the point, you have the option if you do want to shift more towards more scalable type offerings that way and kind of really keep building your, your tribe or your community. Um, so it just, I see so many times where coaches start with this, kind of the, the, I'll call it the kind of the slog, or if you will, the kind of the slog of having to go through the just one-to-one consistently mm-hmm. or constantly. Um, and I think about so many coaches that come to us and they get to the point, they have dozens of clients and they say, I can't do it anymore. I'm just running out of time. And start trying to make that shift towards more, more scalable, more kind of group-based programming. And so it's, it makes sense. And I think the, the quicker you can kind of get that foundation together, once you've kind of got, gotten through the reps, the more you kind of give yourself that flexibility. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that gives you an idea of, from the program's perspective. And I, I like that you connected the dots between those two things. Programmatically, you start to identify the things that you can make systematic, um, make your actual interactions with clients a little more scalable by knowing when you're delivering those standardized touch points along the mm-hmm. way, providing the information that's going to guide them to the next breakthrough and the next breakthrough and so on. Um, becomes really important when you get to the point of a membership model, you need to have standardized content that's keeping people accountable on track, whatever the, the kind of core feature of your membership is, if it's accountability, if it's maintenance, mm-hmm. whatever content strictly planned in advance to make sure that um, you can keep that scalable and make it one to many. Um, and then the, the last piece of the presentation yesterday really got into, you know, ways you can leverage tools to scale yourself. And that's where it got into the stuff that we're launching um, in a matter of days now in Nudge Coach. Um, so if if Mac and I look a little pale or like we haven't you know seen the sun in a while, we've been um, a little buried, making sure we're buttoning up everything that we possibly can before this rolls out. If you're on the podcast right now, you can't see this, but I have a full head of gray hair at this point. Yeah, <laughs> and and a beard because someone should and a full beard. <laughs> I haven't left my house in months. No, no. <laughs> is that a Geico commercial where the guy's talking about his beard and uh, everyone's like, do you know what a beard is? Like, <laughs> clearly doesn't have a beard at all. Yeah, I, I do not have a beard if you're just listening. Um, so when it comes to like scaling yourself and what kind of the idea behind some of the Nudge Coach updates and the platform in, in general are, you know, things that you know that you can't scale are, you know, your time. Your time is limited. I only have 24 hours in a day. Mac only has 24 hours in a day. You only have 24 hours in a day. So ask yourself what requires your time every time and start, you know, thinking about how you Mm -hmm. need to prioritize those things versus the other things that don't necessarily require your time every time. So how can you automate those or streamline them? Um, Good teaser for what's coming. Good teaser. 
time time every time is you know things like communicating with clients like responding to messages um you know sessions those types of things you're gonna have to be there to respond to someone you're gonna have to be there to hold a one-on-one coaching session with someone Mm -hmm. um those things you can't those fall under the i can't scale my time uh side of the equation um when it comes to you know coaching especially remotely but really in general, something that tends to be a time slog is kind of the personal accountability piece. Like there's documentation for you, potentially your clients Mm -hmm. may be tracking stuff or, you know, writing things in a journal or um, using spreadsheets to track different things, all this other stuff. And, and at least to some extent, you're probably spending some time kind of picking through all those details that you got. Um, So that's the kind of thing that, again, the communication and the, and the accountability, you can actually scale that a little bit with the right tools. Um, although there are, are always going to require a little time. So how can you make them require less time is a question. That's always been something that's sort of a feature of Nudge Coach. You know, you set up trackers for people who need to track things for you. You can see all the data coming in rather than having kind of a messy spreadsheet workbook, all that stuff kind of automates the data collection part of it mm-hmm. for you. Um, your client is doing it manually. Um, and then the communication, just giving you the right tools to make sure that all your communications in one place makes life easier on your client. Um, communicate one-to-one, one-to-many, set up a community of people, communicate publicly to your community of, of all your clients or maybe your people in your membership. Um, those are all kind of the right tools, right. That can help you scale your time. Uh, but also we talked about, you know, the programmatic aspect, um, of things, you know, you've defined, it's great to, you may be thinking it's great, Phil. I did all the work to map out my program. And now I have all these like pieces of content that I know I want to share along the way. How the hell do I do this efficiently in online coaching? We have people like, you know, they have their website, they have maybe Kajabi or something to Mm -hmm. try to deliver an online course. They're trying to figure out how to hack that together with an automated email sequence. And I think we realize courses are not ideal for coaching no no it's uh definitely not ideal i'd go in if you have an online course right now and just check your completion rates Um, (laughs) yeah i won't tell anybody (laughs) that's been a really eye-opening stat that i feel like i'm starting to see more and more i think we're just starting to see more like even course creators or creatives kind of get away from the traditional online course at this point yep and we'll welcome you in online coaching because i know you want to get people to the results they've actually signed up for um but, you know, that's kind of been the status quo in trying to transition a program online, which really the idea is that that should unlock all the scale, right? Is being able to transition things online and work remotely with people. But in fact, and in practice up until now, it's been just like, how do I hook together all these tools and make it make sense and make it a good experience for my clients? It's just a mess. Um, and that's continued to limit people who mm-hmm. kind of, imagine this beautiful thing. Oh, this online coaching or remote coaching I can do that will unlock everything. I'll be able to, you know, more efficiently check in on people, all this good stuff, keep them more accountable, but wait, all these systems are kind of a mess. So with the kind of update that we're rolling out, that includes the ability to build out your programs, pre-schedule what's going to happen week one, week two, week three, week four. So that when you know the system that you've built, Um, when you've set aside the exact content that needs to be delivered and what you need your clients doing at each stage, you can actually build that in and not have to worry about that part as much, the systematic part as much, and really focus your time on 
making sure you're personally guiding those clients mm-hmm. through the experience to get to where they want to go. Yeah. And I, I think my hope personally is I'd like to see the client experience in remote coaching kind of yeah. evolve to the next level. I think for, for me, I've seen and working with our partners, seeing what's currently out there. And we talked about this a little bit, just the, all the consumer brands coming in now, whether it's Apple, Peloton, you name it they keep upping the game on consumer experience and client experience. And I think now we really have to adopt that within the coaching world and be creating great experiences, taking advantage and leveraging mobile in the right ways. And so I think let's, let's make 2021 the year where we create awesome client experiences. Here, here, man. Here, here. That's when we will have gone to the next level, right? Is is when we create, it's all well and good to, to make it great for the coaches as well. Um, But if we don't make it a great experience for the clients, the coaches are going to hear about it over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody wants that. So yep. absolutely Amen. right. Buck stops there. Um, cool. So what else we got? I think we ran through a good amount of information there and even kind of got to end with a little bit of a pitch. <laughs> for <you guys. laughs> I think anyone who kind of follows us, I, I certainly appreciate it. Um, we've got, so the update coming out in the next couple of days, Next week's going to be fast and furious as we're kind of getting that out, starting to work with our partners on it. You know, definitely, you know, grab a free account off the website, check it out. Um, let us know what you think, provide, you know, give us some feedback. You know, we've been doing this for years now and the system and everything we do keeps evolving because of the great feedback we get from partners. For sure. Absolutely. Shoot us a note when you, uh, when you sign up and, um, yeah, there's a little chat bubble in the platform when you happen to be the one person who's on some unique browser and something looks like it's in the wrong place. Just let us know. That's how updates happen in real life and software companies, a little behind the scenes there. Um, don't hesitate to reach out to us. That's how we fix things. <laughs> but, but we're super excited to get this out into the world and see what you guys think. So um, can't wait. And what else? I think that's about it for today. It's time for the Instagram live. Remember, we do those after we record the podcast episodes. The Instagram live. (laughs) Pop over to Instagram. All right. We'll see you there. 10 a.m., right? 10 a.m. on Fridays? Yeah, around 9.45 to 10. Usually it's 9.45 to 10 a.m. Check in on Max Eastern time. Eastern time. Eastern time. Sorry. Good point. Max Instagram is back underscore Gambill, G-A-M-B-I-L-L. All right, guys. We'll see you again next time.